0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is the creator of the media company I Am the Bay, Mr. Brian Vega. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Man, let me tell you something. Before we do anything, first, let me say thank you, one, for doing this because I've been a fan of your work. I've been following you for maybe about a year now. And, and to be, have this conversation with you, to have this conversation with you is really an honor.
1: Oh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you. How'd you get started in photography? Uh, it's kind of weird because uh, I went to a school that had photography as a sixth grade elective, so I actually took it as an elective in school and uh, just flourished from there.
0: Okay. Oh, so you did. So you started in high school?
1: No, I started in middle school. I was lucky to be uh, one of the fortunate ones to to actually have a photography program in uh, sixth grade. So I started in sixth grade wow
0: that early huh yeah that early yes was it was it something about the camera that
1: intrigued you or so when I first started everything was still film and we didn't have a high budget for photography equipment so we were just shooting basically on a I don't know how old you are but the old school pointy shoots
0: oh yeah I'm 41 bro
1: (laughs) yep there you go so we'd get the pointy shoots and we'd do photos with that and then our teacher would actually develop them for us
0: when, what age did you start getting really confident in your work?
1: Um, in high school, we started actually with black and white film and in high school, maybe like ninth grade, I knew something was there. Um, I didn't really take it serious because I didn't know, um, I really didn't know how far I can take it as far as a career. I just kind of did it to mess around and to get out of, uh, you know, other classes um, and <laughs> Because you know when they give you electives, you're like, all right, let me get the easiest thing. So I kind of already had a feel for the photography, so I just stuck with the photography.
0: What were the, some of the what were some of the earlier things you enjoyed shooting pictures of?
1: Uh man, so I think it's weird as, as you get older, your your subjects change. So come on, being 15, 16, 17 year olds. The first thing you want to shoot is either girls or cars. You know, so <laughs> that was it. I did. I did both, uh, but I I noticed it was more of a headache, you know, to 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 have to deal with models and to book models and then to 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 get everything set up in that sense. So I kind of you know started shying away from that.
0: So the reason the reason I became a fan is because you take some excellent MMA photos. How'd bang you get started bang with bang that?
1: So the MMA, I don't know if you knew, but well, actually a lot of people don't know that I originally started doing uh, concerts and events. Um, I was very fortunate young enough. I was very fortunate at a young age, there we go, better phrase, to get myself involved with a lot of the local artists out here in the Bay Area. Um, So once that flourished off and people actually saw that I had something there with that, Realm of photography. Um, I was fortunate enough to travel uh, out to Miami to actually meet some heavy hitters in the in the music industry and do some of their photography work. Um, the thing with that is, when I started, it was still early enough where the digital cameras were expensive and not everybody could afford it. So everyone was contacting me. Now as time uh, as the time changed, you know the for the the cameras became cheaper and then they become affordable. And the artist, instead of hiring me, would be like, oh, well, my little homie is going to shoot it. Or, oh, I got <laughs> a, a, another partner with the camera that'll do it. And I said, cool. Uh, so that that started. And what I noticed from there is I wasn't getting booked as much. But when I was getting booked, you know, these artists already had images that they want me to fix. And unfortunately, you know, I can't fix, you know, stuff that's not shot right. So I just started turning the work down. Mm. Um and the thing with that is I I, I got a good clientele base off the stuff that I was still doing, where I was still, you know, I still had traction in the music industry, but not as much. It wasn't as fun to me as much. Um, so I started dipping into the local MMA scenes here locally. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to do some, to, to shoot some local MMA shows. And that caught the attention of a lot of fighters um, and then just progressed slowly from there.
0: I'm going to go back because I, I want to discuss something because you're a professional. What's the difference in the, the... Because this is something for me and I'm sure a lot of people want to know. You know, every you know phones have these ga- great cameras so people are allowed to take really good pictures. But what's the difference between these great phones and a professional?
1: So it, it's tough because here's the thing that put me off. Uh, I was shooting a concert at uh, the Shoreline Amphitheater here locally. And it's hard getting media passes, right? So luckily, I got a pass through a company that I used to work for. But it was like pulling teeth to get media passes. I don't know why, but it is for some reason. And I noticed that a lot of the photographers or so-called photographers in the pit maybe, I'm going to say, three out of 10 were shooting on on, on camera phones. And that just bogged my mind. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's hard <laughs> getting these passes. And these people over here with phones, you know, shooting images. Um, so I think the difference is, well, you know what? With, talk, with technology, everything changes. Right now, you can get some very, very, very good images off phones. So I'm not going to hate now on them. But before, I mean, it was crap. It was basically like you're shooting with a potato, you know, compared to a, a nice camera. But uh, times are changing, man, and a lot of people uh, uh, a lot of people are coming out with some good work on phones. It just the, t- the technology is so advanced now that I mean you can't really knock it per se. You know you can't you can't knock someone's hustle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's changing. It's definitely changing. Are you were you a fan of MMA before you started shooting the pictures? Oh, of course, yeah. But I thought it was so far out of my reach, you know, because of uh, um, how would I put it? when the mma scene when i started really getting involved as far as 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 a fan and as a spectator these guys were like untouchable you see them as you know these these giant monsters Well, not monsters per se but like uh um almost sort of legendary you know out of reach there you go better phrased out of reached uh people uh but once they're in your reach man they're just everyday people uh you know who uh, are just like you and i just in the limelight
0: because they're because a fighter's mentality is so different. Um, they train. They're so dedicated to their sport. Does that inspire you to reach even high, even higher heights with what you're doing? Um.
1: Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, the the photography portion around MMA is so it's so weird. It's so it's so small of a group of people who do it. That it's uh, that it's I don't know just a weird feeling. Of course, you always want to elevate yourself and do better, but it's just uh, I can't really put a, 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 a an exact phrase or comment on how it's weird. But it just it's just a weird ball game when it comes to shooting MMA stuff. Um, I guess because of such such raw emotion when when you're dealing with fighters and you know you're, you're dealing with wins and losses and sometimes you know these guys get hurt and this stuff's real. I mean it's not it's not, you know, fake, fake contact. You know, these, these people actually break limbs that they, they, they get hurt. And, uh, you know, eventually sometimes they get knocked out and you build a bond with these guys and it's hard to see sometimes. Yeah. Do you
0: actually um,
1: travel along with them to
0: take your photos?
1: Yes. Yep. I've been very fortunate enough to actually travel and do uh, fight camps and uh, document their everyday lives uh, in fight camps.
0: Where would you say is the most interesting camp you've had the um, privilege of visiting?
1: Uh, Camp as far as you mean location or?
0: Yeah, well, besides, I mean, you, you, you mainly work with AKA. That's like the best one. But besides AKA, like one of the top spots you were able to go and film and shoot pictures.
1: Uh, so as far as fight camps, I've done only mostly a uh, AKA fighter camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as like shooting images, I mean, I've been invited to go to one of the gyms. Uh, fighters themselves will contact me to do photo shoots. So it's not that I'm just uh, strictly AKA. It's just that I've been fortunate just to be around that group. Um, I'm pretty much open to anybody. If anybody wants to get some work done and they want to reach out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say no. Um, I love the, the sport so much that uh, I'm not just dedicated to one camp. Yes, I am an AKA photographer at heart, but if someone reaches out and says, hey, you know, I need soda, I need images for so-and-so, yeah, no problem. Um, there's only a handful of people that I probably wouldn't do it for, and that's just on personal relationships that I've um, either gone sour over time or just that uh, have never flourished that I'll say no to. But besides that, I'm game.
0: Do you remember the first photo that you shot and you was like, wow, this is an amazing work. This is amazing work that I'm putting out.
1: Uh, as far as mma or just in general in general oh man no you know what i can't pinpoint i can't pinpoint one that, that that really sticks out i mean there's 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 a few over time that you're like man okay uh that that got some good views and uh some uh great reviews that you know they stick out but nothing like on the first one i really can't pinpoint just one exact
0: Okay, which one would you say sticks out? It doesn't have to be a favorite, but which one just sticks out
1: off the brain? Uh, I was fortunate enough to shoot some of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, One of them sold for his book cover. That one was pretty good. Um, There's one in New York with DC where we're on the bus And we just happened to be passing by Times Square. And there's an American flag behind him. And it's kind of silhouetted. So he's silhouetted. And the American flag, you see red, white, and blue that's coming through the tour bus. That one's good. Um, And then there's a couple images of him when he does his pre-walkout where he's just concentrating. It's backstage. So you're under the bleacher area. And he's kind of like taking a moment to himself with his eyes closed, kind of breathing in. And you see the arena in the distance. I like doing those. Those are like the ones that really stick out to me.
0: Do you, the, the um, capturing the moment because that's so important. Like, is it, a, is it a timing thing? Is it just shooting so many shots? How do you capture those moments so perfectly?
1: Um, man, it's really, it really, it, it, it's all natural. Um, you kind of just have to have an eye or, or, or kind of anticipate what's gonna happen. Um, luckily for me that I've been around these fighters so long that I kind of know exactly what they're going to do, like the routines and, and when the shots coming. Uh, so I always prep myself, uh, in advance because I already know it's coming that, you know, you, you, you're, you're so in tune with the other person from being around with them for, from being around them so long that it just comes natural now.
0: You, you mentioned before we started recording, you mentioned that you do a lot of photography, but you're also looking to grow your media company. What are some of the things we can expect from you next?
1: Um, so of course I have a YouTube channel and I was blessed enough to, to be around, you know, these MMA fighters that I was able to capture their daily lives. Um, so that's something that I still got going on. Eventually I want to move into bigger things. Of course, maybe, you know, movies, uh, commercials, um, something in that realm.
0: I want to transition because you, you said you're a big MMA fan and so am I. What do
1: you,
0: what do you think about Khabib? Do you think he's done?
1: Oh, I knew he was done. I knew he was done. Uh, The good thing, I I, I knew maybe about a year or two in advance. uh, Just from talking to him, he's like, brother, one or two more and that's it. And I always thought, you know, okay, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. But yeah, he knew. That was the plan overall. But I think what really sealed the deal was his father passing and then, uh, you know, making promises to family members. And Khabib is a man of his word. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do something. And I don't see him coming back from that.
0: So you think he's, he's done?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: What, what, um, what fight excites you the most coming out of
1: A.K.A.? Uh, it, it's kind of hard right now to really say because unfortunately, you know, due to the COVID and the, and the, and the standards that's, uh, going on in California, a lot of the gyms are still shut down, including A.K.A. So I really can't say because these guys really don't have spaces to train. A lot of these guys the last year have been training at home, uh, you know, with uh, one or two sparring partners, even family members or, or dummies, just something to keep themselves moving. So there's really nothing in the books for him. Um, this past weekend, I was excited for the Mogli Benitez fight. He's a Mexican fighter out of AKA. He was on one of the tough shows, Latin America, I believe. Okay. Um, his fight was called off, you know, so, the, you know, it's, it's hard right now. Um, not everyone has the, the luxury of running full camps, you know, to, to 100% capacity. And that's what I, that's what I really think um, hinders these guys from performing at, you know, the top level.
0: What do you miss most about being in the gym on a day, day-to-day basis?
1: The, the, the constant uh, back and forth, you know, just the, the little quick jabs at one another. And, you know, just being around with everybody, the camaraderie. And uh, just just the whole vibe. Everyone was so chill and so cool to talk to that, uh, you know, everyone liked one another. There was no animosity at the gym, which is very rare because a lot of gyms have a lot of problems. But AK was one of the ones that you just walk in there, man, and everything goes away. You can be sparring one minute and the next minute you guys are, you know, sitting down on the mat talking, BSing, you know, planning out the weekend together just to hang out or, you know, get some some other uh, uh, training time in together.
0: You're literally surrounded by you're literally surrounded by some of the best fighters in the world. Do you actually train yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh so I did a little Muay Thai when I was younger and I never really uh got it to take off like I did because, you know, I had uh kids young and I and I had to kind of sacrifice that for taking care of them. But later on in life I was able to, you know, Do a little bit of martial arts. Uh, Right now, I'm currently doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with uh, Ron Kessler and Leandro Vieira. Um, And and that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, DC and I, man, he's a great guy. He lets me go over his house, and he'll give me pointers, and we'll spar a little bit. And, uh, you know, just move around to keep ourselves active and uh, fit. (laughs) Would you ever consider getting in the cage for a fight? Uh, Man, I'm past that. I'm I'm too old. (laughs) (laughs) no.
0: I, it's gotta be fun though just being around like just world champions and just all time. I mean you talked, you mentioned DC, Khabib. I mean, these these men will pretty much be on the Mount Rushmore when it comes to MMA.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of guys, man. There's a lot of guys at AKE that uh that aren't really known, but man, these guys are so talented and it, and it uh man, they're they're just killers. It's crazy.
0: Is there a destination? Um, that you've yet to travel to for work that you're looking forward to going to? Uh,
1: of course, I want to go over to the Middle East. I was supposed to go over to Dagestan, you know, two or three times, and just for unforeseen reasons unforeseen reasons um, the trips have been canceled. You know, COVID COVID you know was number one. Um, um, also, over to the Middle East, as far as Dubai area, that's still up in the works. I was supposed to go to Africa uh, with the MMA Coalition, um, so that that has yet to flourish, but hopefully soon.
0: I'm going to end it with this question because, again, we both big MMA fans. What fight are you looking forward to seeing the most?
1: In the near future? Um, uh, yeah,
0: near future. Or, or just whenever, whenever.
1: Man, of course, everyone wants to see the, the Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. Uh, and just to finally put a nail in the coffin, let's see who's the best. Uh, I think Poirier's going to pull it out. I don't see Conor... Uh, Coming back, I think uh, he's been exposed, um, fighting style wise, and I don't think uh, I don't think he'll take it. So I think Poirier will take it, and that's the one I got my eye on right now.
0: That's tough, man. I <laughs> I know one of my buddies. He go listen to this, and he always get on me because I'm such a huge Conor fan. And I just knew Conor was going to beat Poirier. When Poirier beat him, the way he beat him, man, I don't I don't know if I don't I don't know if Conor can can win that third match, man. I, I got my doubts.
1: So you, you got to understand though, too, the game evolved so quickly, right? That, that these up and comers, you know, they're, they're starting to train at five, six years old. That there's, there's no way, eventually you're going to phase yourself out. Right. Uh, at that high level, cali- high level, I'm sorry, high level caliber of fighting. You're eventually, someone's going to beat you. Unfortunately, you know, that's just the name of the game now. Um and right now it's Poirier. I think Connor, don't get me wrong, Connor's still a you know, top five guy, but is he that guy to to take gold again? Maybe not.
0: Yeah. Do, do
1: you think the money is it the issue? No, no, definitely not. Money's not an issue for that guy. That guy's so filthy rich right now. No, no, no,
0: no. No. That's what I'm saying. Like, because he he has so much, you think it's taken away from his hunger?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, maybe a little bit, but that that that's that spirit of uh, being competitive and that fighters competitive is always going to be there for him. And I think that's what really drives him. Cause if not, he could have walked away like Floyd Mayweather, he could have been done and be like, Hey, I got my money, you know, and that's all that matters now, but just wanting to compete and want to be the number one. I think that still drives him a bit, but like I said, the game changes so much uh, that I think he can't compete at that number one spot anymore.
0: Yeah, that, man, them them, them calf kicks just, uh, it, it, it just.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was Poirier's game plan from the start. That was, that was his code to crack, you know? But, like, you, you saw in the fight, Poirier took his hits. Uh, does he have the power in him? Yeah, of course, but I don't know.
0: Now that Khabib is gone, I know I said that was the last one, but I got to get you on this one. Now that Khabib is gone, who do you think is going to take over the lightweight division?
1: So you have Chandler versus Oliveira coming up, I believe. Yeah, Oliveira. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, going to be takes. a good one. That's going to be a one. Um, I believe Oliveira is going to pull that off, and then you're going to have Poirier versus Oliveira, and one of those two guys. I'm um, still going to stick with Poirier. I think he'll he'll take gold. Uh, but yeah, there's so many just there's so many killers and talented guys in that division, and then of course you got Islam still on the come up. Eventually, it's gonna change hands, and Islam's gonna be champ. I hate to say it, but that guy is so good. I don't see anybody beating him for a while either.
0: Yeah, I saw him. I because um, I remember DC hyping him up, and I yeah, was like, he can't is be that something
1: good. Something else. That guy's just something.
0: <laughs> and when I saw him fight, I was like, oh yeah, he he's gonna be he's gonna be world because he just recently had a fight.
1: Yeah. Um, yep. I, who he did back, he fight? I
0: forgot who it was.
1: I don't even remember. See, that's how...
0: I just know he... The dude was pretty... The dude was pretty good, and he just... Oh, it was... uh, Oh, my God. Um, It was right on the tip of my tongue. Um,
1: Was it Dober?
0: Dober, yep. That's who it was, Dober. And he just dominated Dober.
1: Yep, Drew Dober.
0: Because he was... Dober was... I think Dober was, like, in the top 10.
1: yeah. And if I remember right, the game plan for Islam on that one was to actually go the whole rounds, to go the three uh, and and just work. Um, Yeah, so I I don't see anybody uh, competing with him in the near future either.
0: Yeah, and once once I hear that Dagestan wrestler, I'm just like, oh, probably going to be a world champ. (laughs)
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Before we go, man, again, I really appreciate you doing this, and it's been an honor and a pleasure talking with you. Let's please tell the people how they can um, follow you.
1: Uh, Thank you. Thank you for your platform, Mr. James. Let me be on it. Uh, All my social media guys are I am the Bay. Same thing with uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. It's all pretty much consistent. So I am the Bay.
0: All right. Again, man, thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure and I wish you all the best with the media company moving forward. I
1: appreciate it, man. Thank you.
0: I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple podcast. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.